Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by... Just Johnny. Just Johnny. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. You're doing good. Doing you're, good. you're looking marvelous. Yeah, I got my blood spot. Yeah, you got a blood... I have... I have... I have nothing. Um, <laughs> so if this is your first time for, uh, listening, uh, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we have a lot to get to. We're going to be talking some Fallout 76, unfortunately, uh, some BlizzCon stuff, and um, I think you're you're going to throw some numbers at us today. I got some numbers, man. Oh. I hope you like them. Oh, well, we're going to do some maths. Um, always, don't forget, you can visit us on the Discord. It's discord.switchrpg.com. Uh, and then we have Twitter at SwitchRPG. You have the YouTube at SwitchRPG. You know, we're, we're, we are everywhere. Um, but first, Johnny, what are you playing? Uh, so I just acquired uh, uh, Icewind Dale uh, and uh, Planscape Torment on the Switch. Yep, so you're, you're playing a little bit of the old-fashioned CRPGs that just actually came out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it came out earlier this month, I believe, mm-hmm. and just playing them. And it's a they are clearly ports of the uh, enhanced editions that okay. came out on Steam. Um, Not um, I don't know when, maybe like three years ago. Or two I, years I think ago or I think like that's that. right. Yeah, uh, but they are ports of those, and they have made changes. Uh, obviously, controls being the right. most important one. Uh, and there's a whole lot of bells and knobs and little twisty bits uh, that you can configure before starting. Starting up a brand new game. And you would probably recommend that everyone, if you start that game up, to maybe take a peek at all the stuff, all the options. There is a lot of stuff there, and they do explain it. There's like a little window thing that you can look at, uh, but you don't know. It's one of those unfortunate situations where you... Words aren't enough. They have to. Sh- you have to actually, have to actually play the game sure. a little bit just to figure out. But thankfully, you can adjust those settings as you're playing, so you can kind of eventually figure out what's happening. Well, as that's you're good. Playing through. Yeah, I was actually able to play. Um, and you may have as well at PAX. They had a, a small hands-on demo, and they definitely the uh, having the control. Obviously, that's that was their biggest concern. Was you know porting it over from PC world to controller world. That was their biggest challenge. Yeah, and they did a pretty good job. They not only I'm a big fan of when UIs have a where you hit a button or or you move like the right stick or something like that, and it comes up with a radial menu. Yeah, yep. big fan of radial menus, and they have radial menus for uh, sort of universal game menu options like going into the map going into your journal going into uh your character sheets okay uh those types of uh things which are normally just mapped to certain hotkeys on the keyboard right uh so and if you ask me that's a better way to access it because it it's a reminder of where all those things are and all you have to remember is hold the right trigger i believe it is uh and a direction and boom you're off and going and then the other trigger opens up um so a big thing in in uh 
these types of PC games uh, is that you can hotkey uh, characters to sort of s- certain groups, right? This is the okay. big RTS thing that happens in PC games. Uh, and they added that functionality, which I don't... There, I'm certain other games on Switch or console in general has done this, but they did that also onto a radio menu. So you have control groups, which okay. is what it's called on PC. You have control group functionality inside of a console game and hmm. i don't think i've ever seen that before or, or if it has been done it hasn't been done very often and it's actually kind of cool because there are many times where you want to group up for example your melee uh characters uh group uh assign them to one particular group and so that you can very easily select that group and say uh, you know melee this enemy right there and then also control group your squishies right. and say hey squishies move there and stay away, away from everybody and stay away from everything right. so you don't die because oh man uh starting off at level one i have like a bar that has like six health <laughs> <laughs> and then i have like these uh uh, barbarians and berserkers that are 15 health. So yeah, obviously, like right. Triple, they, almost triple the amount yeah, of that, health. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, you're just got getting into that and you'll be reviewing that potentially or, or you are reviewing that for, for the site. Uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, certainly I'll be reviewing uh, Planscape because mm-hmm. uh, I already have uh, lots of time into that on sure. other versions. So I'm playing through the Switch version uh, and just seeing how well it performs, how well it handles. Because a lot of it is just making sure that the transition, the porting to console, mm-hmm. isn't doesn't have too many sacrifices, or if it has, you know, happy little accidents where it actually plays better. That's right, the, right, right. Those are nice things to discover. Excellent. Um, so yeah, eventually, hopefully, I'll have reviews of both of those games up. And awesome. the Icewind Dale actually has the expansion for it, which is like Fury of the something something. That sounds. Fury of the North. Or that doesn't like that. sound like it's right. Um, I, I believe you're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, what else? What else you got going on? So I went to New York. All right, all right. Yeah. So what? There's New York no, City. New York City, and you did what? You and did. I went to the uh, Nintendo store for oh, the first man. time. I am. I actually saw <laughs> pictures of this on online, and I am yeah. jealous. Yeah, it's it's two floors. Uh, you can. It's all surrounded by glass, so you can see into the store uh, on both levels, and mm-hmm. you see outside of the store. And there's just uh, for it's a small space, so it's not like outrageously huge for a store because you know it's New York and space, space is very limited. Yeah, space is a premium. Right. Uh, but what they have set up there, it's really cool. They have like a big giant. I don't know, it must have been like six or seven foot tall Donkey Kong. Which, awesome. Because you know. He's a big, he's a big yeah, he's a big there, gorilla. A barrel right next to him. Uh, behind Donkey Kong is like a big giant flagpole with Mario. I don't know if he's all the way at the top or like holding on to the flagpole. And then you see like, uh, you know, uh, toads and and, and uh, all sorts of things like that. Warp pipes uh, all over the place. So, so they decorate it. Not not overly much. Sure. But there's, there's nice little just statues Touches, and right. stuff like that and speaking of statues you can buy some like very very high-end statues so like, you bought me one i did not oh <laughs> they had uh inside this box was a oh man it must have been like if i had to i'd say about that big how big is that big for our audio <laughs> probably, probably about uh radial i would say or has a circumference of two feet Okay, watch your mouth when you talk about circumferences here. (laughs) Uh, If I had to guess, so, uh, and it was a Bowser. Oh, wow. And it was, uh, think of like, um, 
those high-end uh, action figures, not really action figures, you don't you don't pose them or anyway, just those high-end statues that you mm-hmm. get from like, they see of like Bloodborne characters or, yeah, or right, whatever. Right. It's of that quality. So it's a very nice quality thing of Bowser, but it's, uh, I think the price tag on it was either 600 or $800 or All right. well, somewhere. I'll, I'll right give you my address. We can, we can work things out. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. It was that. There's a lot of t-shirts, a lot of... Yeah. Pl- plushies everywhere yeah that was that was the name of the game plushies big giant statue of link oh uh, yes uh, i've seen pictures of that okay. and I, I think the best part was um there is this big giant screen that they have in there and i recognize that screen from i watch reaction videos oh yep. of nintendo directs mm-hmm. so that w- i got to see like oh this is where everyone does the reaction video at this spot that i'm looking at right now <laughs> it was kind of cool right right yeah i i hope to someday make make my way there because i mean it's it's almost like the you know it's the mecca of for us nintendo nerds to make it over there but that, that's awesome that's yeah. awesome i and i so i didn't buy anything it was mostly because I didn't really see anything too worthwhile sure. to buy, but I also own a lot of Nintendo stuff, right, right, so right. it's, you know, I, I, anyone <laughs> that to go goes there. there, they'll have a good time. I would sure. say you would you would probably spend a good hour in that store wow. just checking everything out. Well, and, and not and buying anything, just kind of looking around. Yeah, I, I spent an hour and just looked around, and <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do want to say this nintendo 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 you're listening they're listening come on you got you got mario i get it you got Mm -hmm. pokemon you got you got zelda i get it but metroid come on metro there was no metroid all they had was some hats some green dark green hats like regular baseball cap hats flex hats they called it with uh a metroid logo on top come on that's bad come on that's it that's the best they have a captain falcon replica helmet inside of a case okay they got for Star Fox. they got a blaster and uh and i think Star Fox's helmet in a in another those are like b-level characters compared to samus i i still want more from those especially of zero but for metroid I i mean come on that's the best you could do That's is bad. some hats that were it didn't even have its own dedicated stand it was part of the animal crossing stand <laughs> and animal crossing was on both sides oh man on both sides that's bad yeah another cool thing that they had was they had a really big case it was like a half circle long and it was probably about like 15 feet long uh, and inside that had every single amiibo wow every single one so they had them all lined up sure they, they coordinated them once again Metroid. Metroid. Tucked away in the corner in that little case. Man, stop, stop hiding Samus. What's going on with that, you think? Uh, you, I, they just don't like Metroid. Samus. Yeah, Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, they, they don't treat Metroid as much as well as they should. That's too bad. I, I love Metroid. So. Yeah. Yeah, what, what I've been playing, I've been playing... Um, thanks for asking, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, um, I've been playing... I just started a new game. It, it's not quite out yet, and I can't really... I can't wait to show everyone a game called Yaga. I think if you follow the Twitter account, you'll know that we, I've been prom- promoting... Not promoting it, but I've been saying that the rela- release date is coming up November 12th. And uh, with with Yaga, it's a very, very small, small team. And it's, and it's a cool action RPG. Um, I forget what country they're from but it's it's great the way they tell the story um looks like 
somebody's trying to help me out here. Um, but yeah, Yaga is is really cool, really fun. It's it's a little bit of a rogue like, so now they're like one. You know, every playthrough is going to be a little bit different. Um, but it's it's got this big jumble jump like big dude he's got one hand he's got like a hook for a hand and the i like the the art design in this game yeah. it is really cool so uh yaga is one i've been playing it's it definitely looks cool it's not um i would say it's it's not a cartoony kid friendly style it mm-hmm. is cartoony uh yep. but it's it has it has a level of uh, sophistication to it, yep. but also like exaggerated proportions. So right. it, it's not like uh, Saturday morning style, right? This is uh, something yeah, else. no, something a, uh, a little different. It does have that animated. And uh, this looks like it's a uh, an action RPG. It almost looks like I'm getting, I'm getting like a little bit of like Diablo vibes from this. Yeah, it, it's not a loot based okay. type okay. of game. It's a, it's a little different um, than that. I, I would say there's more maybe more story. I, I think with Diablo games, I don't know if you'll agree with this. The story is a little light and not necessarily. That's the Diablo three thing. Oh, my apologies. My apologies. <laughs> the story is a little light and not really the primary focus of the game. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the story's there. It just kind of pushes you along a little bit. But for this one, it's more because I see I'm, I'm looking at a trailer here and there, I see options to like drink with people. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a little. It's 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 really really cool, really interesting. I would pull it up on my iPad, but for some reason it's doing a complete update, so I have no information in front of me. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing Yaga. Um, I just started. I'm still playing uh, Divinity Original Sin. I will play that until the uh, second one. Yes, Divinity Original Sin, the definitive edition. I will play that until my hands fall off. I absolutely love that game. Yeah, the first one. Uh, I'm. Uh, I've been playing with my girlfriend, and we're close to the end. And we played, we're playing through the second one together as well. But we want to beat the first one sure. first before going full bore on the second one. The second one, we can already tell it's like really, really good. It's 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 more refined. Um, you know, anything that was wrong in the first one, they just kind of fix it up, and it's just it's it's a better package with a nice, pretty bow. Absolutely, it's one of my favorite RPGs ever. Um, wow. To be honest, it really is. I, my brother kind of thinks the same. It's yeah. it's really up there, and yeah. uh, I can't say that mu- that much for the first Divinity. Uh, I'm pretty much near the end, but sure. um, it just seemed like it was a little bit too disjointed as far as um, having that goal to sort of say, "Hey, this is what you need to chase." Right. Uh, it has it from the very beginning, but once you, once things start to open up, it it does sort of. It's really when you get into that that realm. I think you see that a lot in in. I don't know if you'd call it an open world game, but when the world opens up too much, you yeah. start to lose that main focus, that main narrative yeah. a little bit because you're just left to just do whatever you want, and whatever you want, you have to suspend the belief of time of I gotta go, I gotta go do this one thing. Yeah, you, and and you kind of have to. It, it depends on how they pace it, where a lot of RPGs will, they kind of assume that you're going to do these extra side things because if you try going down the story path, you're going to come across too high levels. Right, right. It'll kind of hit you with that level block. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, so I've been I've been doing a lot. If you follow me on the channel, you you kind of know what I've been playing. I've been off, off camera, I guess you could call it. I've been doing some Dragon Quest. Um, that game is just way too big. 
<laughs> it is it's a deep deep dive i think i'm only i'm i'm not very far comparative to the end game i'm about 10 hours in 10 hours right? yes so i know i've, I've barely scratched the surface you, and that's basically the barely, demo you barely yeah i was about to say you barely beat the demo right? yes i barely uh, beat the demo <laughs> and uh it is just it's way too big and i'm still doing Link's awakening at the same time i just oh Link's it? awakening you could beat the game in in that amount right. of time no no uh, doubt so i mean just not enough time in the day yep uh that's for sure so definitely not enough time in the day yeah that's that's my life and your life currently uh, but let's get into the news. Um, Nintendo Soup. Uh, there was a little bit of a rumor. And, you know, I think this rumor is a little bit uh, substantial. I don't li- typically like to get into rumors, but it was a tweet uh, from someone. Um, and it kind of it kind of falls in line with what's going on. So BlizzCon is coming to us November 1st. And what this rumor, I, I'll have to pull it up here in a second, uh, basically says that Diablo 4... And Diablo 2, the best Diablo, uh, may be coming uh, soon. Um, so, again, Diablo 4, I don't really know what to expect there. I mean, it could really just be anything. Yeah. And they've, they have been uh, teasing Diablo 4 for quite some time. I remember reading an article from somewhere, I forgot where, it might have been on Kotaku, uh, where they were talking about how Blizzard gifted certain people of interest uh, dice bags. Oh. They, they were Diablo-themed dice bags, but they were all D4s huh. for dice. Really? Or something like those. Something special about the D... It was either a, a dice bag full or of Or on D4s, the number four was or, something special. Or on the D4, there was something special. Okay. It was one of those things. And if that ain't a clue... Sure. Like, I mean, Blizzard does tease stuff. Remember the light switch? Right, 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 Diablo right. Diablo on switch. And it made, yeah, that and totally made them, sense. Like, what, a year for that to actually come to fruition? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It took, it took, uh, took a little while. And, um, you know, it's obviously Diablo 4 is, is, is on the pipe. You know, it, yeah. it just makes sense. But Diablo 2 remastered, I think, is probably the, maybe the more substantial rumor there. I mean, like I said, you can kind of expect four eventually coming, but Diablo 2 remastered. Why would they even, why do you think they would revisit that? Is that just kind of the, the well, thing nowadays to remaster some old IPs? Ab- and Absolutely. And it's, it's not just that. There's a clear telling sign that Diablo 2 remastered is happening because uh, they've done StarCraft 1 remastered. Okay. And they've done, they are doing Warcraft 3 remastered. Oh, right, 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 right. So What's it's, n- it seems like they're picking like, and StarCraft 1 remastered was with the expansion. Right. So, so it's kind of like a definitive type of version remaster of, of the older experiences, especially when you go to like the gap between StarCraft and StarCraft 2 is huge. The gap between Warcraft 3 and Warcraft as we know it is huge. Right. The, the gap between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 is huge. We're talking at least a decade yep. uh, gap. I think almost all of them fall in line with where things stand today for each of those games, each of those games are uh, 18 years or older. Right. They are old, old games. So but they, to recreate they, them, and I think what they want to do is uh, they want to bring those to the launcher because those games on, on the, the Battle.net launcher. Sure, yeah. Uh, those games, 
you can pull them up on the launcher, but they're also not on the launcher, or you can't buy them yet, or something something to that degree. I, I, right, but I think the, your ultimate point is correct. They do want to get everything on that battle net. Yeah. Um, they want to get every all their IPs on that battle net, so similar to what Valve and Steam kind of kind of kind of did there. Uh, so yeah, they want they want to enforce that. But yeah, having having Diablo two remastered. Um, is I think Diablo 2 is probably their best Diablo experience. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of what stemmed and launched Path of Exile, which I think of all the action RPGs is probably, it's one of my most favorite one. Um, I don't know. I mean, you have Victor Vran, you have Titan's Quest, you have, um, I'm, I'm missing another one. That, there's a Van Helsing one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, those action RPGs, those loot, loot RPGs, yeah. I, I think Diablo 2 is really what spawned a lot of, well, a lot of them. Diablo 1, to be fair. To, right, to be fair, but I mean, I, th- I think what really drew everyone in, in my opinion, was Diablo 2. Well, yeah, because Diablo 2 really hit home on the multiplayer. Even though Diablo 1 had multiplayer, um, it was really Diablo 2. I mean, that, that was so early in PC life cycle and networking yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it wasn't there yet. It was ahead of its time, and, no, and I honestly. I could be wrong on Diablo 1 multiplayer. I could have sworn it had multiplayer. It wasn't really that, that well implemented. Or if it was, it, was uh, it wasn't the main attractor. No, but uh, Diablo two definitely had multiplayer because that's mm-hmm. all we did with Diablo two was play multiplayer. As soon as that game came out, yeah. it was just uh, the creator of many many land parties <laughs> just playing Diablo two. I will say this: there's a whole lot of stuff that they corrected uh, in Diablo three from, and these were problem stuff with Diablo two. So, uh, I Diablo two is the better game, but not by a large margin. Uh, I think where Diablo 2 like becomes the better game is in its storytelling, mm-hmm. its atmosphere, how it handles but that, but that the to material. Me, but that to me is is really important. It is. And they lost it on Diablo 3. They did a whole lot of... Diablo 3, the problem with Diablo 3 is all the stuff that they got wrong, they got really, really wrong. Like their skill system? I like the skill system. You like Diablo It's very, very simplified. It's simplified, but it's also flexible and you don't have to reroll a character in order to try out a okay. different build yep. which i absolutely love sure and it also helps because if you're getting your builds can it it works so well with the loot drop system because you'll get a new legendary a new set item that will want you to experiment with a brand new build that you never thought viable and this new item that you got it becomes that sure but if that happens when that happens, Diablo 2, it's like, oh, I can't use this for my build because I already dedicated all right, these right, right. points, these gotcha. skill points. Unless you're using some sort of hacker, uh, skill point hack system. <laughs> and, and we don't recommend that. Yeah. Uh, not here anyway. You can lose some, some save files. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, BlizzCon coming to us soon. Now, uh, what do we have next here? Um, yes. Nintendo Enthusiast uh, says the wild area... Um, is the size of the wild area in Pokemon Sword and Shield is the size of two regions in Breath of the Wild. So I'm trying to remember the the uh, the snippet of video that Pokemon showed us with the wild area. 
Yeah, uh, it was. It didn't look as big as what they're mentioning. Now, are they right? But are they talking about like all these small little sections? Like, does that all equal these two regions? I'm gonna pull up the map, but I think it's um, there. The wild area is there's the southern region, and -hmm. then the north region, which has like the major city, and in between separating those two, and I think there's just one. almost like a wall that separates the wild area into two halves. Okay. Uh, so I think there is a southern half of the wild area and a northern half. I'm going to pull up the map to, to confirm. But I think the wild area is just one big, giant area. Okay. So let me, let me pull up the, the stuff. So yeah, let me, um, let me just take a look at the article here. I'm just going to read a little bit from it. Uh, so yeah, some lucky news outlets got to go hands-on with Sword and Shield recently, and they've shared a ton of details about the Wild Era. For example, you can battle fully evolved level 50 monsters just an hour into the game. During their time with the game, Metro, I'm not sure who Metro is, asked Nintendo rep about the size of Galar's open area. According to the spokesperson, it's roughly the size of two regions from Breath of the Wild. Which, Breath of the Wild is a massive, massive map. And two regions still are very, very massive. So, Yeah, they are. uh, It it also kind of depends on which regions they're talking about. Right. But, um, you know, there's... 12-ish regions in Breath of the Wild. So this is a significantly smaller uh, map. But granted, Breath of the Wild, I think, is probably one of the biggest it, game world maps out there. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, disregarding some of the other scroll stuff like Morrowind. That one's huge. But uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is is a huge, huge map. So I'm looking at the the Goliar Galar? Galar. Galar. Galar region uh, map right now. So it looks like uh, for the wild, or at least what I can identify as the wild area, I can't imagine all the way in the south. So all the way in the south, I think, is probably going to be the uh, starting area. It looks very farmy. Sure. uh, Small town type of area. And then separating uh, to the east side of that area, it looks like there's like a foresty that could uh, area that could potentially be one of the wild areas, like the first. Yeah, maybe wild it's area, like, like the, the like lower a, level, lower tier. Lower tier, uh, maybe like a training to get you familiar with the, your first sort of step into a larger open world environment, mm-hmm. and then separating that region uh, is a mountain, uh, a set of mountains which I think there's probably like either a train or uh, a tunnel or of some sort in order to trek through. And then that leads into the next, which looks to be the next big wild area, which has some lakes in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That looks like it'll be one of the big ones. And then just uh, north of that, which is the middle area, that middle area I was talking about with the large bridge Mm -hmm. that separates the southern region from the northern region. There is a city there, but there's also a side path that will continue uh, north. So that large wild area could potentially continue into that little valley a little valley there's like a cliffside to the right and then it'll continue north into the other half of it so that could be the a single imagine uh a single wild area that is divided by the landscape into a southern and northern region that would 
how I would imagine uh, imagine it to be completely seamless as far as loading. Sure. Sure. And then, and then there's some other areas that could be potentially wild areas. There's this whole snow-capped area to the far, far north that could have some wild areas. But I, I would imagine trekking through that is going to be a little bit more of a linear experience, just because it's very mountainous. Yeah, it lends itself uh, to that. Yeah, yeah, and there's some caves. Uh, looks like over there. So, uh, just from that middle chunk of the map, that and assuming that middle chunk. Is the wild be the area size of two Breath of the Wild regions, and you can kind of see there's a southern half, northern half. So each one would be one region. You know, that, that's a pretty good chunk. That's a pretty good size. It's actually smaller than what I would picture for two regions, right? For well, for the game overall, okay, it is a bit smaller as a total sort of wild area mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. So uh, that. The wild area, from what they are talking about, it sounds like it's going to be, that will be the open world elements, mm-hmm. and then everything else is going to be a zone that you access from right. through the wild area, whether it be a town or a dungeon, gym, uh, cave, whatever. Um, Pokemon have dungeons? Uh, I'm not... kind of like dungeons. Yeah, and I'm saying that kind of facetiously. I really... Pokemon is... I have a love-hate thing with Pokemon. Um, the story is pretty much non-existent in Pokemon games. Uh, it's really, again, you start off as a farm boy and you yeah. want to be the winner. You want to be... I don't even know... one to catch them all, right? I don't even know if he wants to catch best. them all anymore. Everyone yeah, you want to be the very best. <laughs> so, I mean, I just... I don't know. The story is it's, it's the same throughout the entire series. It is. It is. So it, it, it changed a little bit, I think, in either XY or black and white. Um, but they need that is an area like with many things that they need to really work on. Uh, but this Pokemon does get a pass, right? It's the first major. I'm giving it a pass. It's sure. The first okay. major Pokemon on a console. Uh, and in full 3D HD graphics, yeah, etc. Right. So I'm giving it a pass. They do not, they do not, 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 not need to make more new Pokemon. Please stop <laughs> making more new Pokemon. Or if you are going to do it, make it like 10 or 20. Don't make it. Yeah, why do they make like, like, yeah, why do they make 100 for every iteration? It's just, they do crazy. it to themselves, really. They're crazy, yeah. Yeah, they do it's it to themselves. Yeah, it really is unnecessary. So let's move on from this Pokemon thing. This is just Pokemon's has got me, it drives me nuts, this Pokemon stuff. It's a lot of people nuts. <laughs> so um, just kind of an offshoot. We were talking about action RPGs here, uh, we, um, isometric action RPGs. We've got Darksiders Genesis yeah. uh, launching, um, unfortunately, for PC and Stadia first on December 5th. And then we'll hit Nintendo Switch and other consoles on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, this came out of nowhere. Uh, Darksiders 3 came out last year. Yeah. Well, Dar- I don't, again, I don't know. I'm not sure if you were able to play this at all. Um, it feels very much like it feels like Diablo 3, but I don't know how to say this. Maybe slower. Oh, you played it? I have played it. Uh, at E3. E3. Okay. Yeah, I played it a little bit at E3, and um, it feels a little slower. It does have a lot of the cool like weapon effects that you see in say for example Darksiders 2 um I haven't played Darksiders 3 but it has a lot of the cool uh, weapon animations um it's just, and it has a, it has those the loot pickups and you know like you would expect from yeah. a, a Diablo S clone yeah, Darksiders 2 was like a Zelda. So Darksiders 1 was like a Zelda meets God of War. Darksiders mm-hmm. 2 was a Zelda meets Diablo. 
Darksiders 3 was a uh, uh, Dark Soulsy style. Oh, really? I probably would like that then. Uh, but done bad. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I didn't play, so I didn't play Dark Souls three. So that one, uh, I don't know if it's you know Dark Souls mixed with something else. And it looks like uh, they're going the Diablo route with because yeah. uh, I watched that video, the gameplay mm-hmm. video of it, and yeah, it looks very much like Diablo. Yeah, it's just very slow. And one thing I really didn't like about it is the color palette, the color tones seemed to be like the same it was all like yeah. the, the blues and the purples and that i felt like that was the common theme throughout the two worlds that i got to play it it looks like a game i've seen done many many times before it looks like a game that uh it, it looks like the aesthetic looks like something that you've seen before across the board uh through diablo not only just diablo 3 it doesn't look like diablo 3 it looks like a bunch of other me too diablo like games that try to copy the same thing it's uh it's not really doing much that stands out it's just leveraging the franchise and they probably this is probably a reskin and i would not be surprised if this was uh being developed by uh i think they're called natsume no no it's actually being developed by the uh um the folks who did uh battle uh battle chasers airships uh, syndicate yeah 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 um Uh, i could see it i could see natsume doing that but no this is airship uh syndicate and and they're the ones who did um they're the ones who did battle chasers Chasers, night war night war Uh, which was a great game. I absolutely, I don't know why. I just have a soft spot in my heart for that game. Again, it, I didn't never played it, but visually, visually it looks yeah. really good. So that's surprising because that game, Battle Chasers, has a distinct art style. Yes. Yes. And, and, and this one, not, not, not so much. I, I it just, like I said, everything was kind of muddied up. Even the character blended into the background. Yeah. Like it was just, I don't know. I, maybe they'll change some stuff. You know what? It's probably not their fault at all. It's probably because they are. The art style, because it does look similar to what other Darksiders games looks like. Okay, so uh, maybe that's what their their source material. Yeah, they're working off the source material. Yeah. yeah. Um, so next we have um, another. It was kind of a. I, I don't know if, if you're familiar with this game, but Fairy Tale. No. Um, it's not at a, all. It, it, and I'm surprised because you you seem to like anime. Um, I don't know if you I do like listeners like that, but you like the anime, and this is a very anime esque. Um, game and it looks really really interesting to me anyways as you know as an outsider uh, <laughs> you know I, i'm not terribly into anime but i, I don't mind it like if you, i don't consider xenoblade chronicles 2 an anime-esque like there are some facets where you could see that i think maybe i would i would consider xenoblade 2 definitely anime uh they started to transition into anime territory and xenoblade x uh okay but xenoblade 1 no Definitely no, not not, not one. Um, but with with fairy tale, for some reason, it, it has that aesthetic that I really I think I might like. Yeah, th- this is definitely uh, an anime. But oh man, these characters look um, very round. Uh, <laughs> yeah, their heads are like very you know yeah. round uh, with a little tiny tiny chins. It, it is it 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 opened my eyes, and and I think I think it might be something I want to I want to get into. Yeah. And. I mean, when it comes to uh, anime JRPGs, Tales of series is one of my favorite series out there. Absolutely love it. So this looks like it could be up my alley. It all depends on that combat system, though. Right, right. Yeah. And and that you'll if you watch the video 
Um, I think it's uh, the EGX gameplay uh, video oh, like uh, from this year. Uh, you you will you will is see it, that. Is this a video of the Switch or is this? No, a... this is on the the video that they're showing us is from the PlayStation. Okay, it, but it is coming to the Switch. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. It's hopefully <coughs> does well. Me. Oh, it looks like it's a turn-based combat system. So it, it looks interesting. It has definitely some elements of Persona in there. Um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 oh, and there's, there's, there's some, a position system in this as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, yeah. Something to, something to think about. Keep, keep an eye on. Keep, keep it on the back burner. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. And, and in true fashion, I don't know. You, you may not know. or uh, Yeah, you may not know. Um, but... Since its inception, Fallout 6, 76 has been on this podcast almost every single time. Um, and typically, it's not very good news. Um, yeah. <laughs> typically. <laughs> uh, I feel like every time it's it's mentioned, there's, there's just something wrong. It's sad. Uh, it is sad, especially uh, because Bethesda, you know, I think they've kind of lost their way a little bit. And that's been since Fallout 4, even with Fallout 4. Yeah, it's it's a repeat of what has happened almost exactly. Uh, it's the same type of downfall that happened to Telltale, what I believe to be the same kind of downfall because Telltale never updated that the awful, engine. awful engine. It's just awful. Right. They never updated it, just kept working on it and kept pumping out more and more games. And Bethesda, specifically this this team that works on, I think it's the creation engine yep. that just make game after game leveraging the same engine that has existed. And they have adapted it better, bear in mind, better than the Telltale people. Sure. But the engine is showing its age and it is buggy. Very buggy. And, you know, and that's just a common theme with Bethesda games. There's just, there's, there's always bugs. But the reason why I bring this up is Bethesda has now launched something called Fallout 1. It is a subscription service that you can pay for monthly or yearly. I, f I forget what the monthly charge is, but yearly it's about $100. Yep. Okay. Um, and what this allows on Fallout 76, it gives you a private world. Okay. So you can now play on your own. Via, uh, via server. So it's your own. It's, it's your not own your own server. Instance. They're housing the server. Yeah. Well, uh, you're effectively renting right. your own. So you're able to instance your own world sure. that exists in, in Fallout 76 uh, and only have, you can, you can choose who you want to invite into your world mm -hmm. and not have it open to outsiders. Right. I played the game when it initially launched and kind of a little bit recently, I don't know that you could find seven friends to fill up your private world right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and especially a, a world that has no NPCs and continues to have no NPCs. And they keep promising, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I, I mean, they delayed it. They've delayed it. They have, they, they've delayed their, uh, their NPCs and, such a boring boring game there's there really is no point to fallout 76 it's you know what's a better fallout 76 what is a better fallout 76 i don't know and this is gonna sound like a huge insult and it is oh no to fallout terraria really yeah terraria i think is the better 
Fallout 76 <laughs> by a landslide. No. It's got a better crafting system. Okay. It's got a better multiplayer system. It's got a better combat system. Okay. It's bug free. All right. It's easy to connect to people. It is a. And uh, people are playing it, I'm assuming. It is a persistent world. Okay. You can host your own servers. It's dirt cheap, if not borderline free. It's and always the- on sale. It's on every single console, including the Switch. It has RPG mechanics. You can explore your reward for curiosity. It has procedural world generation. So if you ever get tired of your own world, you can just poof, generate a new one. And, awesome. you and your friends can take down some big bad bossies. Okay. Well, you heard it here. I mean, you're you don't want fallout 76 you play terraria (laughs) actually i i i'll have to look into that because i've always been you know curious about what's happening on that terraria island there so i'll have to have to take a look um but back to fallout 76 yeah you're basically (laughs) renting you're renting bethesda's server for 100 a year and uh, again it, it gives you the server it gives you some sort of tent and it also gives you unlimited um storage space um so i mean does something like that break the game i it it does give you the the currency it does yeah it gives you some yeah it gives you some uh some in-game currency that you would ultimately otherwise have to purchase with other monies yeah with real money so and it it is a slap in the face it's it is a probably if you crunch the numbers a deal from their from their perspective it's a deal from the gamers perspective i never believe in uh sort of putting in real money to get fake money to then use that money to buy stuff okay in a game i always i'm always in favor of big expansions give me a big giant package sure and i'll buy that big giant package yep. now for a game like this and with a deal like this it sounds like they're going the subscription service, uh, treating it the same way that they would uh, an MMO. Well, they do it with uh, they do something like this. It's not like something like this. They do it with Elder Scrolls. They have a subscription base with that as well. Well, that that's an MMO, right? It is exactly. Yeah. It is an MMO. Um, but Fallout seventy six is not an MMO. It is not. And the world of Fallout seventy six doesn't even come close to the world of Elder Scrolls. Mm-mm. So size comparison, it's not there. You can't compare the amount of content, the content that they're promising they had to delay. Mm-hmm. So they're they're pricing it at MMO subscription prices, very close to it. I think the monthly was like twelve ninety nine or thirteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think you're right. It's ridiculously high. That is a MMO monthly price. Now mm-hmm. if you get the hundred dollar. Uh, throughout the entire year that does bring it down a a little bit but even then you still have to compare it to other MMOs and that is for what you're getting it's just not not there yeah it's definitely not there it's it's an insult beyond an insult it's just laughable when you especially when there's other games that do this exact same stuff and give their updates for free and don't charge subscriptions Mm -hmm. I um, that pirate game that came out from Rare um for us uh no um the sales sales yeah something sales yes yeah do they do a subscription thing is this something sales i don't know but they don't have a subscription (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you're right i prefer if you're gonna if you're gonna eat away at my wallet i prefer a bigger chunk dlc like say for example the witcher did uh, I have zero. I have no problems with something like that. It's kind yeah. of uh, it, it doesn't break the game. It doesn't change the game. You know, it's there if you if or, you kind of want it. Or I mean, Destiny. That's, or or Destiny. Destiny, right? They they hold off <clears throat> uh, on new content 
uh, and they do release content as they go, but they hold off on the big giant content with major expansions. It, it seems like it's a yearly thing where every every year there's a big new expansion that you can purchase and that will hold you off for a bit with Destiny. Now, I don't play Destiny, uh, so... But you're right. It, 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 I think your, your, they, they your point is... They certainly treat their audience better, and they're not charging people you know, $100 uh, for an entire year with promises of pretty much nothing well promises of things i feel should already be in the game not necessarily private servers but your yeah. some, of, some of your other stuff kind of should already be there uh back to elder scrolls online that's an experience i don't have to sink any money into and i get and i get a full-fledged mmo experience without but by just buying the game initially yeah and you and you actually still have to buy fallout 76 and then buy that $100. Right. right, right. No, so, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's just not something I'm very fond of. And, you, you know, and I'm such a, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Bethesda and the Fallout games. I love the lore. I love all that stuff. But this is just, yeah. this just doesn't seem like it's the people who like to play the games. You know, it, it, it's, it seems like this is a higher up management decision. Uh, you know, we need to recoup money and development and stuff. It just, I don't know. It I just was, doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I was so excited when they first announced uh, Fallout 76 <laughs> E3 last year. Mm-hmm. So excited. Uh, my girlfriend and I were huge Fallout fans. We were ready to jump on this game and play play it all uh, together. And just as the news came out, as the bad uh, feedback came out, uh, the impressions, uh, the worries, and then just seeing it's, yeah. it's just a train it's just wreck like that a, it was. Yeah, it really was like a sinking, sinking ship. And continues to be. Yeah, no matter what news comes out, it, it, it just does not get... Yep. Good PR at they, all. They need to do what uh, was it like Happy Games or whatever the people that made um, Happy Few Games? No, um, the ones that made uh, that space game where they overpromised, underdeliver. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. That team, they're like Happy Garage Games or something like that. I, I forgot what they're called, but that studio, right? They, they all, went dark. Yeah, they stood silent. They worked on it, worked on it, Relaunched, started coming yeah. out with like little mini expansions and patches and whatnot, and then they bit. Then they did like. Big content updates for free. Mm-hmm. For free. Right. I mean, they ultimately, they overpromised and didn't deliver. So there was a, you know, they they did it kind of to themselves, really. So it's a, I mean, maybe that's kind of the same situation here. But you're right. They did it for for nothing. They had to fix And now it's a, their brand. it's a significantly better game. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear that as well. But they, like I said, they had to fix their brand. Now with Bethesda, their past few E3 showings have been kind of meh. They they uh, gave us they gave us a snippet of uh, Elder Scrolls um, no Starfield they didn't show anything in Starfield it, it was terrible that that was just they didn't need to do that and some eye candy for Elder Scrolls six it really it wasn't even eye candy <laughs> whatever that was you know it was just and people kind of went crazy about it at the time but I mean eye candy is what they did with showing off Breath of the Wild for the first time that's sure. actual eye candy right 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 because uh, that was running an engine etc. What they did with Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. I've never felt that Bethesda should have their own showing or their own day um, at an E3. I mean, for especially for though. I mean, they they have other games. It's just they, they're not. They don't have enough games. That's they, what it is. They need more studios. Right. 
That's, if they had more studios developing more games, they could pad out, uh, you know, because they have enough big games. They sure. definitely have enough big games. They just need more smaller games. So they need to sort of tap into the indie market, pull in a bunch of uh, and partner up with a bunch of indie studios and have them to sort of pad out and flesh out their presentation. Right. And also don't make their presentation so long and with rock bands yes. and, and ridiculous stuff. And, and also every single time they say, one sentence they give like a 10 second pause so that the audience can quiet down don't do that just no. say your stuff you're right uh, but i yeah i just never felt that they should have their own day but that's just whatever yeah. um and that's gonna be, no there's one more thing this is this is where there's one more oh thing. we did it oh <laughs> <laughs> well wait there's one more thing um so you wanted to bring this up okay yeah. and um I'll let you uh, head headline this here. All right. So uh, I like to follow uh, these little number things all the time because I, I like to dabble here and there in video game stock companies and whatnot and stuff like that. So this information I think is at the very least, it's interesting. It lets mm -hmm. you know uh, where the state of uh, certain consoles are, games are, things of that nature. So uh, every week, Famitsu uh, goes uh, reports on the weekly sales of various video games and consoles that happen in Japan, and they usually report the top ten best-selling games of the week, uh, followed by the top, you know, however many consoles that exist during that point in time. The tops of those consoles, and in this particular week that just passed up, there's nine of them. Uh, surprisingly, some P PlayStation Vita sold. Surprising. <laughs> Even more is that some Xbox Ones have sold. Yeah, I know. That's and, that's the really uh, the surprising thing. So just going through, I'm going to go through, uh, let's do software first. Okay. Uh, and this is going to go from number one to number 10. So this is the best seller right now, which is Ring Fit Adventure and RPG. <laughs> an RPG. It is an RPG. It's almost a real world RPG, but it is the, the game itself. The yeah. gameplay is is an RPG. You level up yourself. You have a character that's also leveling up. Yep. Uh, that so that finished number one at sixty eight and a half ish. Uh, I'll just call it sixty eight k. Round up a little bit uh, in sales and just from the historical sort of behavior of sales that I'm familiar with because I've been looking at these charts for for quite a while uh, across the years. That's a pretty good. Story start for a brand new franchise uh that's just in general pretty good sales not numbers. just a new franchise this is like a whole new this is a new hardware this yeah, is yeah. this is something totally different higher price tag it's 80, 80 bucks instead yep. of 60 yep. so there's a higher barrier to entry uh this is selling better than the um than the wood, uh, the cardboard. Labo. Labos. Yep. Yeah, so this is actually starting off on a better foot than Labo is. So it's going to be very interesting to see how well the Ring Fit Adventure is going to sell throughout. Uh, and through Famitsu's uh, sales data, you can kind of pay attention to the long-term trend of these things. So that'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. That's sort of a pseudo-sequel. Uh, it's a spiritual successor Harvest. to Harvest, Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon, yep. And that's the second best. And these are both launches. So they both launched uh, the prior week. Uh, so these are both brand new titles. That's at 66K. Then we have Dragon Quest uh, 11S for the Switch. Uh, that's at number three. 
15, almost 16K. Uh, and then following up, there is Disney Tsum Tsum, <laughs> ridiculous, also on Switch uh, at almost 12K. I can't uh, believe that's even on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Disney is actually pretty popular. Mm-hmm. So if you ever see a Disney title, Disney game, uh, when it goes to Japan, it actually does sell uh, decently well. It was uh, on the list uh, for the past few weeks. Wow. Um, Let's see. So Minecraft, <laughs> holding true That's in Japan, incredible. number five. Just Minecraft is one of those uh, never dies type thing. That's been that's been out for a long time now. Yeah, yeah, it's been out for a very long time. I mean, well, I'm not sure when it hit Switch Japan, uh, but it was certainly within the first year. Yeah, I believe. Yep. So that is just amazing that it's still holding true. The total sales are also reported with these numbers. So for this one, it's getting very close to 1 million sales in Japan. And 1 million it may not sound like a lot, but that is a lot, especially in Japan, where right. we're selling a million, just a million in Japan is phenomenal, phenomenal success. That's insane. Games usually don't do that well. To put that in perspective, Smash Brothers, which is ginormous in Japan and across the world, is at uh 3.3 million right wow. so this is one third a little under one third mm-hmm. that so it's creeping up uh and it's just doing well and that's at number five uh number six mario kart 8 another one of those diehards uh yep. it just keeps going and going that's at uh the total sales for that is almost 2.5 million um and that's mario kart 8 right so that's just a phenomenal phenomenal uh thing it just sells really well and that's essentially a Wii U game, you know. Yeah, and, and it's a Wii U remake. Uh, right. But yeah, you'll one thing you'll notice on these uh, these sales weekly sales is that uh, you're always almost always guaranteed to see Mario Kart, uh, Zelda, potentially certainly uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, sorry, um, uh, Smash Brothers. So it's Mario Kart, Smash almost for certain happening you're going to see another mario title uh it bounces between whatever the most recent mario title is this one being mario maker is number seven for the seventh size uh and then number eight the first non nintendo switch game that's on the top 10 which is monster hunter world iceborne the expansion that came out in september not that long ago yeah not that long ago but it's already over a quarter million it's at 300 almost 380 uh k that's really good success especially for an expansion mm-hmm. uh to a game and then uh number nine and ten is smash brothers and then witcher 3 which is surprising because western uh, rpgs don't necessarily western do well games in general mm-hmm. except for <clears throat> minecraft is a weird anomaly uh western games it, when you look at the this top 10 it's minecraft and witcher those are the Western games that are on this this uh, the the top ten. Right. And Witcher, you know, it snuck in. It's uh, it sold. Uh, so it was a brand new debut, seventy two hundred copies, a little over that. I would assume uh, that number would go up a little bit, but just being on the list in general, yeah. I'm I'm pretty surprised about. Yeah, I, I bet the people uh, at uh, at uh, that company. Project CD Project right, are, right, right. Uh, are a bit surprised on that as well. No, I will. So, uh, so we on this top ten list, we only have one PlayStation PlayStation Four game. I yeah. will say, PS Four exclusive uh, titles have slowed down tremendously, yeah, and that's yep. most likely due to the PS Five 
that that launch coming uh so they've they've really kind of slowed their progress down and that may have something to do with their sales as well as their um their sales software wise and hardware wise that that would be my opinion but yeah also also this week in particular it's not a uh, a particularly good selling week overall uh last i believe last week's uh, Famitsu sales the numbers overall were a little bit higher when it came to software sales and the week before that especially was uh, a little bit higher than that uh with PS4 usually and this has been the trend for like this whole year is just it's been dominated in the year before that as well been dominated by the nintendo switch titles it's usually uh eight to nine uh nintendo switch titles there have been a few uh times where it was just nothing but nintendo switch or 3ds titles uh and sometimes you'll see an even split of uh uh, about five Switch titles and five uh, PlayStation or some other uh, system type titles, but that's very, very rare when that happens. And yeah, it, the the transition to the next console age is going to be something real uh, because Nintendo Switch is just completely dominating and the PS4, which should be doing really well, is, uh, you know, it's not showing up. At least the titles are not showing right, up. Right, right, right. Uh, hardware sales... Uh, if you sum up the Nintendo Switch and the Switch Lite uh, for the week, 54K, very, very good, especially when you compare that to the PlayStation 4. If you sum up the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, that's at uh, a little over 7K. So that that's an order of magnitude uh, seven times higher. That's how many? For, yeah, for yeah, a so, week. So for every, for every seven Switches, you only get one PS4 that's sold during that week sure so that's that's crazy yeah. that's a lot of ramp up that's that's some good sales and it's been like that for the past few weeks few months it's mm -hmm. been like that pretty much throughout the entire year especially in japan uh and uh you can see that in the totals the total number of switches is getting dangerously close to breaking 10 million and it has already surpassed the playstation 4 the playstation 4 lifetime total uh, life total, yeah, yeah, in Japan. So you can see the numbers. So mm -hmm. the Switch, the main Switch system, is a little over uh, 9.2 million. The Switch Lite, which just came out, is at uh, thir uh, 333K. And then the PS4, the the original, is 7.1 million, followed by the PS4 Pro, which is 1.3 million. So you can see that the Switch earlier this year passed up. It might have been in March or April. It passed up yep. the PlayStation 4 and is just the pacing. It's far exceeding the PS4. Right. Pro. And to put it into perspective, PlayStation 4 was was released, I think, what, a year and a half prior? To the, the Switch? Yes. Oh, the pro. Uh, the, not not the pro. The pro was kind of uh, around the same time, wasn't it? Not? Uh, so so the Switch came out 2017. Right. When did PlayStation 4 release? PlayStation 4 came out, I think, 2013. There's oh. like a four-year gap. Oh, four-year gap. Oh, what did I say? Three? Uh, I think you said two or three. Let, let's, okay. Let's... E either way, yeah. th that's still a crazy, crazy number for the Nintendo Switch to even yeah. remotely catch up to that. Now, there, I think there, again, there, there are a few... Up, it 
it's surpassed, surpassed it. In Japan, it's past it. Yeah, so. it, it's past it. So a few things. Um, you know, we're seeing the end of the life cycle here. Um, and we're also it doesn't take into effect um secondary markets. So a lot of used okay. consoles there. Some people don't need to buy; it. they'll just buy a used one. Uh, so and maybe some of those people are those PlayStation Four people are also buying now Switches. So I mean, uh, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, especially with Japan. Japan, uh, for the handheld market, they absolutely go insane with this stuff, and they have to switch which is you know that's that's kind of a you know it's a it's a home console and the handheld it's just the best of all worlds there it it is it is the perfect console for that market yeah and you can see it very clearly in these numbers so a nice little thing and by the way there's also uh the 3ds the new 2ds xl those are still selling uh and if you total up the 3ds line the switch has already surpassed that Mm -hmm. uh the xbox one uh forget about it if you total that up uh that will uh still make uh, an xbox uh gamer very very sad that's me a little yeah (laughs) the the xbox one and even the xbox 360 have never taken off no they they would never their sales are absolutely abysmal which is why you stop you stopped seeing uh, the Microsoft exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the what was it? Um, Tales like, of this. Uh, Tales of Vesperia was one. Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey. Uh, Blue Dragon. Blue Dragon. Yep. There was a bun- There was a huge push by Microsoft to attract the Japanese market. But they and- just stopped. They stopped because it wasn't working. Right. And they tried. That's a good push. I mean, when you have those three titles and more. And they're all, they're great games. Yeah. Well, some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tales of Vesperia is good. Lost Odyssey, I couldn't really get into it. Lost Odyssey, yeah, that's not one. I don't don't know. But Blue Dragon, it had its charm. Yeah, Um, Blue Dragon's like a a good, uh, mediocre one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not bad. No. They were definitely good, good tries. Uh, And. Uh, another thing, so just just going back onto the switch talk. If you take the some, this is sort of like uh, a rough estimate of something that I have sort of figured out as a sort of gauge of total uh, hardware sales of the Switch, it fluctuates between, if you take the Japanese, the total Japanese sales, which right now is right around 9.5 million, if you take that number and multiply it by four, or five, depending on the time of the year, that's what you're typically uh, come to expect for total uh, system sales uh, throughout the world, worldwide Switch sales. So that's a good indicator. So every time Nintendo doesn't announce those numbers, or every time they do announce those numbers, just I recalculate what that sort of multiplicative factor. And then by following these Japanese sales, you can see how well the Switch is performing worldwide by using that that little fudge mm-hmm. factor of yeah. four or five as a multipl- uh, multiplier. So it's doing well. It's doing real well, seeing how it's two and a half. Yeah. And it's years. in a great, uh, great falling in line with um, it's in between generations. Yeah. So I think that. That helped it, but obviously, what really helped it was the failure of the Wii U. Um, so they they ended up having to do this, Huge but um, so yeah, very very interesting, nice. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hear from you. Remember, we're all about community here at Switch RPG Podcast. So if you want to be a part of the show, you can email your feedback and questions at podcast at switchrpg.com. Again, that's podcast at switchrpg.com. And you can dive into our Discord server, Twitter account, whatever, um, any of that stuff. Ask us, ask us a question. Now, we do actually have one question I pulled from YouTube. Michael C., asks hey michael hey michael what is your favorite rpg on the switch right now not in the future what what are our favorite yeah what what is your favorite rpg on the switch right now one just one easy xenoblade 2 oh geez we can't have the same answer can we all right so i'm gonna change my answer um no no oh geez (laughs) okay you know i'll just (laughs) breath of the wild wait that will be it oh Okay. Yeah. See, you see what just happened here. <laughs> no, uh, but but to be honest, uh, I think Breath of the Wild is one of the best games that to release in the last like decade at yep. minimum. It's probably one of the best game. It's certainly one of the best games of all time. I might hail it as the best game of all time. Not my favorite, but identifiably one of the best games. Sure. Now, now, what's interesting though is you you rattled off three games, uh, one of which is not an RPG, but the other two, your first two, are is an RPG, are RPGs, and and they're both very very different. So you have Xenoblade Chronicles two, and then you have Fire Emblem. One's yes. a kind of a strategy tactical RPG. One's uh, real time, open world. Yep. Yep. Uh, JRPG, but uh, it's got some. Yeah, it's got some. Uh, it, it is real time. It kind of very epic scale. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's a phenomenal game. Don't, that would have been my answer. Um, along with Fire Emblem, I think right now Fire Emblem may be my RPG of the year. I kind of have a few yeah. out there, um, but that's a really good one. But Divinity Original Sin for me right now is because that's my one of my all-time favorite rpgs um i guess that has to be my favorite all right if, if i have to put my foot down it'll be stomping my foot on uh careful <laughs> breath of the wild breath of the wild okay you know what we're moving on and then xenoblade 2 <laughs> uh however not uh torn of the golden country uh not that that is a bad uh part of it it's just uh not as good. It's not as good, really. Not a, not as good as Xenoblade Two. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it's still good. I think you mentioned that it kind of re- it changed the battle system. There's a little bit of uh... it changed it in a good way too. Okay, so yeah. it did great stuff. It's just uh, it's really just the story was a little bit of a of a letdown. Okay. And the padding that they added into it was a bit insulting. Okay. And the music was a little bit lackluster. It's it's different though. So okay. It's just they kind of went with more of a jazz storyline hmm. and uh, or uh, soundtrack and i don't like jazz yeah whereas the Xenoblade chronicles 2 is more of a rock i mean there's a this is a it's good mix sure. it's fully well no sure. there, but there, there the are some the battle rock, theme yeah. i think the battle theme is probably my most favorite so i always like hone in on that one um but yeah it's very orchestrated yeah, yeah you're right you're right um all right thank you michael c all right some upcoming rpgs we have october 25th uh soul searching it's kind of a top-down pixel art style survival game if you're into um it's and when i say pixel art i mean like very like a pixel it, it is very minimalistic um a little bit different so like check a, that out a pixel? yeah it's it's yeah yep that sounds cool uh soul searching um so october 29th this is a game i'm really kind of interested in um i've never i've never dove i have never dove dive in I've never gotten into the Atelier Atelier games, but this Atelier Riza, Ever Darkness, and the Secret Hideout um, by 
Koei Tecmo looks really, really interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, but it, it's kind of like that JRPG uh, anime-esque uh, style type game. Um, it's a full price game. It is a $60 game, yeah. uh, but it looks really, really, really interesting to me. Made, made by Koei Tecmo, they haven't been on a, a good track. They, they're sort of like, um, well, they... they're like sub double A. I would put them in the A category. <laughs> so it goes indie, A, double A, triple A? Well, I put indie on its own tier. Okay. There's, there's A, indie, double A, indie, triple A, indie. Okay. Like, like Shovel Knight is triple A, indie. Okay. Or Steam, uh, how about the uh, the fo- image and form? Are they triple A, indie? Uh, Larian Studios would be AAA indie. Larian is definitely AAA indie. All right, so Image and Form, uh, Steam World, Quest, yeah, and I'd Heist. I put them in double, double A. <laughs> double A. All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna build our own team at some point. It'll, it'll be really interesting. Um, so Koei Tecmo, you're right. I mean, they they do a lot of the Dynasty Warrior type of stuff and uh, Hyrule Warriors. I'm not really interested in those games, but this is very different from that altogether. Uh, so that is coming up October 29th. Then we have the Sky Four Complete Plus Minus plus 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 whatever it is um we have that coming in uh by nis america that is on the 29th and then we have dusk diver uh which is another anime inspired game um i forget who the publisher and developer is on that uh, but dusk diver is also coming uh, the 29th it really re- reminds me i'm trying to think of the game it reminds me of um but either way, it's an anime-inspired game. Um, if that's something you're into, Dusk Diver is definitely where it's at. Are you thinking... Uh, it looks almost like No More Heroes. Mm. Action-y, but not... Or maybe a, a Sora's Wrath? It looks very action-y. I don't, it, it is definitely more action-y. Yeah. There's, there's really no turn-based elements to it. It is a real-time action um, RPG um and then for kind of our uh off topic side quest that we we've been going on for a while um we kind of mentioned this just before recording here um i don't have anything written down there uh what is the worst game you've ever played the worst game I ever or give played. me give me a few i don't know i mean have there been that many there's been so many i, I play a lot of indie games and unfortunately yeah, there's yeah. a lot of really really bad indie games there's and you're right how about how about the exist. how about the the worst game you've ever played that you were expecting a little bit more from do you do you have some in mind that um, way I, I can kind of like brain brain <laughs> up a few well um there was a game recently um i got I, it i got some you got one? All right. Or, so, but, but you, you can go through yours. All right. I mean, I'll just do my most recent one was Quest Hunter. I actually uh, played it for the channel. I was expecting so much more from it. It, it reminded me of uh, an action RPG like uh, akin to Diablo. And it was very, very... It wasn't like that at all. Maybe it's just my expectations were just way too high. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And um, it, it just... It, it felt like... I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to destroy uh, the developers because they. They do. They put in a lot of time oh, on these. No, no, no. I, I don't want to burn bridges uh, at all. So it's kind of. It's kind of tough to say this, uh, but it, it felt like a kid game. It really felt like a kid developed the game. Um, there was no cohesiveness through through different dungeons. It felt. I don't know. It was just. 
look it up quest hunter it's just it's not so good all right so uh in the same boat the title i'm definitely picking uh and it's because of expectations. So that's the only reason why I'm bringing this up. Right? And I'm not saying that this game is bad. It's definitely a great game, but it is nowhere near the praise that this game has gotten, not by a landslide. And that's The Last of Us. Oh. That, that oh. to me, was a huge... The Last of Us? The Last of Us, yeah. yeah I, was, I, I was severely... I played it to completion, it, and it's just... There was nothing in there, especially in the story. The best story of the, uh, in that this best story elements in storytelling and uh, in direction, etc., in scene play and, and stuff like that, that happened in that game was in the first hour. After that, everything was so expected, uh, predictable, and the gameplay. It never. There's no real like major escalation progression of gameplay. They they do cook up some different uh, scenarios of combat, sneaking, hiding, etc. But it, it was just too linear and too much of a walled experience. Uh, there were so many invisible walls in that game. Right. In, in, in places where I did not expect invisible walls to be. It was so confining and so restricting. So it was really a game that wanted you to just experience the story. And when the best part of the story was in the first hour, it it, it felt like a struggle to get through it. And the same thing happened almost... Um, same thing happened, but, but for different reasons, was uh, the Tomb Raider reboot. Okay. That was another one, but... Uh, the last was to me irked me a bit more just because I was ex- uh, right game of the year. I was expecting game of the year, right? And that I did not get game of the year playing through that game to the end, and especially when the ending was getting so much praise. And that ending was awful. It was such a <laughs> silly, like like someone wrote it in what the ending scenario of that game. They just did not care to make it have any sense of, of of realism to it at all it was completely hollywood like it was just bad <laughs> just bad um i'm also gonna add another one uh we were actually we spent a lot of time on it fallout 76 Ooh. um oh, man. Uh, not only do i own the game i own the power armor edition uh so i own this stupid helmet um that may or may not give me mold infections i don't know if you heard about that oh yeah Uh, i heard um i also own uh again i own the helmet i own two duffel bags because the first one was made out of some sort of vinyl that wasn't represented cheap cheap vinyl instead of being canvas um so i have the vinyl and a canvas bag that i'm not going to do anything with um and i can't believe you bought that I here uh, well like I told you I was I'm a big I'm a big 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 collector okay yeah. you will have to stop by my home and you'll have to see I, it. I saw some photos okay so um Very impressive. I have I have um a lot of Bethesda stuff from Fallout 3 onwards and this was almost like all right I got I got the New Vegas Collector's Edition. I have the Fallout Three Collector's Edition. I have the Fallout Four Collector's Edition. I have the Fallout Anthology, and here I go with the Power Armor Edition. Uh, wow. Okay. So yep. that was that was just the dumb geo collector guy. So you spent all this money, and then you fire up 
you know, you download the game, takes hours. Which, meantime, you're playing with your helmet. <laughs> Why am I watching this down? Yeah, I had my helmet on the entire time. Um, yeah, so, you, you know, I, I put it in there, and there was really, there was nothing to do. I mean, there were very, there weren't, because it had gotten bad press, Yep. Even, you know, right right up until launch. And there weren't many players to begin with. So uh, forget about it now. You barely find anyone to play with. Yeah. Um, An- but yeah, Another experience that, like, really, really uh, upset me just because of uh, uh, a franchise that I loved so much was Diablo 3. Oh, okay. We, we kind of talked about that a little bit. And, and everyone kind of understands, like, the hate for Diablo, the initial launch of Diablo. Well, they, the the auction house was kind of a slap in the face to a lot of people. It was a forced online connect connectivity. Yep. There, there was so much to hate about uh, Diablo three. How they handled that storyline. How they dumbed down the entire uh, sort of aesthetic of the game. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I mean you, I wrote a uh, very large review. I I, I read <laughs> I read the seven thousand word review yeah. and uh, I I mean. It's it's not a terrible game by any stretch. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like the skill system. I prefer Path of Exile's skill system any day over a lot a lot of games. To be honest with you, yeah. And and Path of Exile, there, there's a whole lot of reasons why it works. It is one of those skill systems though that I wouldn't want to compare with Diablo 3s just because they're different. Yeah, they're very different. Pathfinder forces you into a build. So it's a very much a build. This is your character. It is that particular build that you're going for. And if you want to change your build, you have to essentially roll a new character. They're, they have some ways yeah. to, to flex that out. Uh, whereas Diablo 3, they went with... So unfortunately, our audio and video got cut off at this point. But that is going to wrap up this episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to everyone who sent in their questions and comments. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at SwitchRPG.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on those platforms. So your support would be amazing and finally you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your rpg needs for the nintendo switch until next time see you around